Well, good afternoon, Prescott. It's a nice Wednesday out there. Who's enjoying the smoke? That's my question. You know, this is usually pumpkin spice and all the kind of cool things that are going on. Well, it's also control burn time in Prescott. So yeah, it's a little bit smoky Wednesday afternoon, but you know what? Talk about uh, some exciting news. We've got a guy here that's going to be running for our senator position, um, Daniel McCarthy. Yes, sir. Daniel, thank you so much yeah, for coming thanks in. Thanks for having me. Taking the time to speak with us. And we just really want to get to know who you are and uh, why you're running and, and you know, kind of give us what this is all about. Yeah. Well, the, the rationale behind running is a series of events that took place, obviously, as you can imagine, through my entire life. But for sake of, uh, you know, keeping this short. No, we don't have to go short. Let's, let's go. We can just keep on going. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where I was in a home. I grew up in a home where my mother uh, ran for city council when I was a young man. Oh, okay. And um, she won. So she was the first woman councilwoman in the town I grew up in. And uh, when she won, I vowed two things because I said, uh, after watching this whole thing happen, I said, a, I will never be a politician. I'll never run for uh, for public office. Uh, and uh, B, I, I started to notice that I paid particular attention to politics. Mm -hmm. um, I started to, it was so impressionable on me at that time that I found myself focusing in on um, national politics, local politics, probably in a fashion that most young kids don't. And um, so from the time I've been a young man, since I can really remember, I've always observed politics uh, watch what's going on around the world. But I've all, also, with the respect in mind that uh, I would never get involved unless I felt like it was absolutely necessary in a public service. Um, because my mother uh, came at it with a, um, uh, a noble uh, public, you know, with a public servant mind. Right. And, and, and I think that's important. It's missing today in our mm -hmm. politics. Um, so for a long time, I've been involved with the party. Uh, I've been behind the scenes as a PC. Um, and You're a Republican. A Republican, yep. I've been a lifelong Republican. And mm -hmm. uh, although the party is not necessarily, uh, no uh, offense to Republicans <laughs> out there, but yeah. I'm not really thrilled. I haven't been thrilled with the party. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the, the reality of it is, is that our party has, uh, on a national stage, has compromised us to the edge. Mm -hmm. uh, the party lacks a lot of spine and a lot of backbone. So you're asking me why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I believe that you know, when we got Trump elected mm -hmm. and when we worked hard, and I think a lot of us worked hard at that, even if you don't like Trump, even if you hate Trump, you can't deny the fact that at least he's real. Yeah. Uh, at least you get what you, you know, at least he's disruptive mm -hmm. to what was going on in DC. So I think even liberals, have respect for the fact that we needed to see some disruption, unless they're just brainwashed, you know, then yeah. you, you can't fix that. Yeah. But, uh, so no, the reason I'm running really is because I feel like it was uh, necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, got to the point to where um, this particular race, this Senate race, when I started to look at uh, the fact that we were gonna lose another Senate seat here in Arizona, uh, the governor appointed as someone who just lost, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm looking at this race and I'm saying, this looks like a banana republic. Yeah. I mean, who, why did this happen? Uh, so behind the scenes, I was being very boisterous. Mm -hmm. And then next thing I know, uh, 50 calls started, you know, calls started coming in and I started keeping track of how many people were wanting me to run. And I'm just a CEO of a business, you know? So, mm -hmm. I mean, people know that I'm involved with politics, but really, I mean, it was so flattering mm -hmm. uh, because you know, it was about 50 people, then 100 people, 
then 200 people. Next thing you know, I'm getting emails from around the country. I'm getting letters from people from around the country uh, asking me to run in this race because um, they're so fed up. And um, when it got past about 1,000 people, I started to really dig in and um, uh, conduct research on this. Now, I'm talking your ear off. No, okay. no, no. You're fine. Okay. You're fine. I, I, I just going to go back a little bit. You're, you're in charge of a company. Yep. Were you making political speeches? I mean, how did all these people start... On jumping on your on board and saying, "Hey, you know, you're the guy we want to to have you run." Over the years, I've I helped out some candidates that I felt were good candidates. I never supported, obviously, some of the ones that probably a lot of your listeners, you know, um, I was always um, looking for people to get involved. So mm -hmm. I would help them out if I found someone that I liked. You know, I would so try to help behind them. the scenes yeah, type of guy. Just yeah, just a business yeah. guy that paid attention to politics. Yeah. Uh, when Trump uh, jumped in, mm -hmm. um, I really got behind the Trump campaign. I, I worked hard um, with time, talent, and treasure. I mean, we donated a lot of money to the Trump campaign. And um, like I said, I was disappointed um, in, in when we saw how bad the corruption was mm -hmm. in the first couple of years of the Trump administration. And now we're starting to see more and more of it. Uh, it just reminds me that, it, you know... Sometimes if you want something done right, you have to do it do yourself. yourself. You know, yeah. you know? Um, and with this federal Senate seat, what I like about it is, is that for me personally, it provides me with the um, environment that I feel is conducive to my skill set. Mm -hmm. I bring in a very, very sophisticated negotiation skill set. Mm -hmm. I bring in a very sophisticated um, uh, understanding of world affairs. I, I, I can bring something to the table for you and for everybody listening that you haven't had in a long time yeah. uh, from a senator. So I look forward to that. So, um, you know, this, this whole show, what I really wanted to kind of focus on is letting the people of Prescott and my viewers get to know who you are and what you stand for. Sure. Um, I would love to have you come back and we'll kind of maybe go a little bit deeper in yeah. where you stand different than Martha McSally does and, you know, kind of... Uh, uh, the difference between the two. Yeah. But when you, you know, Arizona has been notoriously a red state, and I understand that a lot of things are changing. We're kind of yeah. going purple a little bit. Um, we elected Cinema uh, in. Yeah. And, you know, actually, she's turned out to be sometimes surprising because she's following the president a lot on a lot of her things, though she's still a Democrat. And she'll always swing for the Democratic vote. But uh, McSally, as a Republican, do you really feel that um, that seat is in jeopardy with Kelly running against her? Is that kind of a I do. your yeah. feeling? Yeah, my, my gut feeling on this, this race is uh, the likelihood of McSally winning is very low. And the reason behind that is, is that when she lost the last election to cinema, she lost by two points. Mm -hmm. uh, Ducey, on the same ballot, won by 14 points. Mm -hmm. She lost really by a 16-point spread. Right. So just looking at this from a concerned uh, Republican and a concerned citizen, it, even more so concerning is what you just said. Mm -hmm. We have uh, now have a, a Democrat that acts more like a Republican, according to a lot of our Republicans, yeah. than our own Republicans. Yeah. So it's, I look at it, I looked at the race for a long time and I realized that I don't know why they would have appointed someone that just lost. Mm -hmm. To me, that seems very underhanded to the, the, to the voters. Gotcha. Um, 
I was very disappointed in the fact that I assumed that maybe she would be a placeholder, mm -hmm. meaning that after two years, because this seat is only up until 2022. Right, and then. Uh, right, uh, so someone has to run again. Mm -hmm. So I just assumed that this, this uh, would, you know, she would fill the vacancy until 2020 and then uh, someone would jump in. Yeah. But there again, like I said, politics is a weird world. Yeah. For those of you listening, I, I gotta tell you, uh, being in the business world and then transitioning into this world, oh, yeah. it's a whole different space. It's, it's a weird world. I, I, I feel you there, <laughs> believe me. Cause I, I, I retired and then I started getting into some of the local politics here. And, okay. and uh, it, was a, it was a learning curve. It really, oh, yeah. you know, on how things work and and uh, the steps that you have to go through. But um, no, it's, I mean, it's great. I, I think that a lot of times um, elections are, you know, like, you know, you have uh, the governor and then you had his opponent, which was like a totally out there to the left, you know, type socialist. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, even if you are in the middle of the stream, were going for a doozy and not so much that, that, that socialist. But, you know, when we have two conservative people running, then, you know, we really have to disdain or disdain what is the difference between the two. So, and that's kind of like why we want you here today is so we sure. can get to find out what is, where do you stand sure. on a lot of the conservative, uh, you know, what, it, what, what are your conservative opinions? Yeah. So the first thing I'd like to throw out there would be, where do you stand on the border? What about uh, yeah. border issues within our state? Yeah, if you, if you do not have a border, you do not have a country. Uh, we have an invasion that has been happening on our southern border. We have 30 million illegal immigrants in this country. Uh, in my opinion, uh, we, have a great, uh, we have a great start to our, our wall. It's time to finish the wall. You know, the, the mantra for the last few years has been build the wall. We need to transition that to finish the wall. And I think it's important that we uh, finish the job that we started with our border. Mm -hmm. uh, frankly, this has been a problem my entire life. Since I've been watching politics. It's been a long time. The, the, Immigration yeah. back to the Reagan days, That's really. Right. Um, and even before that. But That's right. we tried to fix it during the Reagan era and he gave everybody amnesty. But guess what? He didn't enforce the border laws That's and right. it just continued to build. So. Um, how is Daniel McCarthy going to get those get those laws changed? I mean, where, the, where do you, how are the, you going to do that? I, I'm glad you mentioned this. The, the the key thing for me and my candidacy is is that we are not going to talk about anything other than the border. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say probably the biggest mistake that I've watched uh, from uh, from a political observation standpoint. I think you'll agree with this. Most people do. We can't negotiate on anything until we have a border. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more to talk about. So for me, uh, my stance and you elect me, what you're electing is someone that is not gonna go into the Senate floor unless we're talking about securing our border. Right, right. Because realistically, let's think about this. We can talk about the uh, loopholes and in in all the laws that support and encourage people to come across mm -hmm. our border illegally. But until we actually have a fortified border, then really there's nothing to talk about. Gotcha. Um, so I, I'm convinced that the only way that we can negotiate uh, on a national level is to ensure that we actually have a border. And obviously, you support the president with taking diverting the funds over and and yes, and uh, as a crisis building the yeah. border and the money to to do that. So yeah, I think I think I would go one step further. If, mm -hmm. I mean, if, in support of the president, I, I believe that our governor has a unique responsibility, and the president has a unique responsibility to make sure there's manpower down there. We have surveillance drones that are not being used that could be used on our southern border right now. Mm -hmm. We have manpower that's understaffed and underfunded. We need. Uh, 
it's t- this is a crisis. I, I, I'm you with know, you, Dan. It, yeah. it, it's a crisis. And, and the thing that concerns me most about this crisis is the fact that people think that um, you know it's just a humanitarian crisis, which it is. Mm-hmm. You've got young kids that are being who knows what sex trafficking, sex trafficking, uh, yeah, environmental. You've got it's a it's a it's a mess down there. You've got environmental problems. Um, but let's talk about the sixty thousand deaths a year. And these, these um, we're not talking about drug uh, lords that are bringing in uh, marijuana now. Mm-hmm. They're bringing in fentanyl. They're mm-hmm. bringing in heroin. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is a state of an emergency, a state of emergency because you have 60,000 deaths a year. Yeah. Um, so it's time to start taking this issue a little bit more seriously and uh, a little bit more aggressive, I think, from our politicians. So you would, in short, you would say fortify the border. Then let's take a look at our immigration policies after the after the after the fortifications. It's a, yeah, it's a it's a prerequisite in order to negotiate on anything. We have to have a solidified border. Yeah, good good point. So let's talk a little bit about drugs. Where do you stand on the marijuana issue? I think that uh, it's a Tenth Amendment issue, meaning that it's the state's rights to determine what happens in their state. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a Barry Goldwater uh, conservative, uh, not on pro-life. Uh, I disagree with the stance on um, life begins at conception. Mm-hmm. We'll go there in a minute. Yeah. But um, on the marijuana issue, I believe that's an issue that the federal government shouldn't be involved in. If the state wants to legalize, um, th- that's the state's responsibility to figure that out. It's not the federal government's to infringe on that. So Trump has uh, has said that he believes that it should be decriminalized federally. Mm-hmm. You would follow with that? I do. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's something that the federal government shouldn't be messing around with. Gotcha. Um, and again, I, that's regardless of my opinion. Yeah. The, the, that's the thing. And by the way, I, if I could touch on this, I think this is where we've really misunderstood what a federal senator's role is. Mm-hmm. The federal senator is there to interpret the Constitution and ensure that it is being followed by the federal government, to restrain the power of the federal government. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you hear of a, a, a federal senator that is touting a new bill that they want to pass, like for instance, my opponent with this... Uh, uh, domestic terrorism bill. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we define what a white nationalist is? Mm-hmm. How do we define what coercion of uh, political uh, science is? Right. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think uh, what you have with me is you have someone that has a tremendous amount of love and appreciation for the restraint of the federal government and individual rights and freedoms uh, of the individual. So, a constitutionalist. Very much so. Okay, cool. Let's go down the abortion track. Where, yeah. where do you stand on that? Yeah, I believe life begins at conception, and I believe that the... Um, I think what we've done in this country is an absolute shame, and for a lot of reasons. I think uh, morally, mm-hmm. uh, we have denigrated life. Uh, we have... Um, it's sad. It's sad what we've allowed to have happen in, in that arena. This is a sensitive issue for a lot of people mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of women, frankly, that um, they don't want the government controlling their body. Mm-hmm. They, they believe that it's their right. Uh, but I, I think what we have to do as a society is realize that at some point, uh, when you have 60 million abortions that have taken place in this country, 60 million, mm-hmm. uh, that's larger than most countries. Yeah, And... You know, when we are um, having entire populations of people, what are the what are the ramifications of that to a society? Um, this is a federal issue. 
it's, in, it's time that we have individuals that have the spine and the fortitude to stand up to say, human life is human life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had individuals harvesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you have, have you seen some? Yeah, I it's, have. It's, it's gruesome. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's unbelievable what we've allowed to have happen. And to me, I think it's a sensitive issue, but I believe that we need to protect the, the most vulnerable. Um, you know, but the problem sometimes, Dan, we talk about it, and I agree with you, uh, just for the record. Sure. But when we talk about the harvesting, you know, it doesn't seem like there's any repercussions from no. it. It's like, you know, we, they, they, they have all this, this evidence of, of selling baby parts, and so what does they do legally? They go after the guy who, who recorded it all, saying, you recorded that illegally. I mean, how do, how, do we, how do we change that? This is a problem that you're describing um, all the way up and down our political system. We have a two-tier justice system. Mm-hmm. We have individuals that are getting away with things that are inc- you can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, and we, for some reason... You know, either there's corruption involved or what, what, what's really going on, you know? And I think this is the question that prompted me. A lot of these types of questions are what prompted me to finally say, you know what, I want to get involved. Mm-hmm. Because it got to the point, I have four kids, mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, we sit around our kitchen table, have dinner at night. You know, yeah. everybody works, school, you know, and then we, we have dinner. And, you know, as I started to dig into this, Specifically on this issue, mm-hmm. the corruption, yeah, the two-tiered justice system. As I started to sit around and look at my kids and, 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 and my children in, in the eyes, um, I realized that knowing what I know now, I don't know if I'm comfortable not getting involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the times are dangerous. Mm-hmm. We have organized crime uh, happening inside of our government. And uh, I know people uh, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you something most yeah. of us don't already know. But. Well, I think a lot of my viewers know there's been a coup attempt going on for right. about two years now. Yes. And they're still continuing to do whatever they can to, to uh, unseat a, a duly elected president. And I think we all see it, yeah. you know, and people like you who step up and say, yeah, I, you know, I want to get involved. And then there's people like me who say, I'm going to be in the background and I'm going to bring people like you out and say, Here, here's a guy that might be able to change things, folks. You know, you know well, let's, no, no, let's I, listen to what he has to say. You, no, see, you we, know what I mean? You're blushing, Dan. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> no, that, I, that's, it's hum, like I said, that's yeah. humbling. But I mean, we all play a part in the overall yeah. scheme. And, and frankly, like I said, I'm flattered and I'm humbled that a lot of people have come to me. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of support. Yeah. And it's grassroots support. Yeah. You, I'm not yeah. paying for this. Yeah. You know, I'm no, not, no, you're not. I'm, you're, I'm doing it the old-fashioned yeah. way. Uh, we're doing it the honest way, yep. and uh, I want to earn everyone's support. I want to earn their respect. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, well, let's talk kind of like about Planned Parenthood, you know. Again, they, they say that's um, it's health care. It's, you know, yeah. taking care of women's needs, but yet they're the biggest supplier of the abortion industry in America. How, you know, but yet we always seem to fund them, you know. Yeah. We do, and when I say we, I'm a taxpayer, right? All of us. All of us that are watching. All of us. We fund them. Yeah. Now, if they're out there providing a service on their own, yeah. you know, that's America. But when you're getting taxpayer money, and the, you say... This is, we cannot have budgets any longer that support this. And what you're, with me, what you're getting is not someone that's just going to be a no vote. Mm-hmm. You're getting someone that is going to stand on the Senate floor for days, if that's what it takes, to clog the arteries of Congress. You're talking about a willingness that I have to serve 
that you haven't seen before in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, not because it's necessarily, we have to. Yeah. yeah. It, it's gotten that extreme that you have to have individuals like myself that are willing to go above and beyond. And that's what I'm saying. Um, our budgets can no longer support. This is just on that note. Yeah. I just was talking about this earlier uh, yesterday with someone. Um, your Social Security money, this is the one that kills me. Your Social Security money, you've paid in your entire life. Yes, right? That money has been taken and borrowed against on treasury bills yes, sir. to pay for what? Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Yeah. So you, is it, you're telling me it's a me double that, whammy. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah this is incredible. Yeah. What we let. So for those of you that don't know, legitimately, the federal government has a Ponzi scheme where they're mm-hmm. taking and borrowing your Social Security money to pay debt. And then Social Security is going broken. Why? Because everybody, <laughs> everybody's tapping into it. But and and you're right. You know, and that's. And, you know, I, sometimes I even I just can't believe it. I'm <laughs> speechless. I'm like going, what? You know, yeah, but. Know, um, uh, that that's the world that we live in right now, yeah. and we really need to, as voters, recognize who we're voting for. Correct. People who who are going to stand up against this stuff, yeah. you know, and not like you said, just go along with the quo. The, yeah, I'm sick of it, man. I, I'm yeah. sick and tired of every every six years from our senator. Uh, you'll hear from them. Uh, they pump in millions of dollars. Uh, to tell you about the fact that they are a fighter pilot mm-hmm. or that they are a war hero. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you No offense. I mean, I, I appreciate everyone's service, mm-hmm. okay? But I don't care anymore about what you are. Mm-hmm. I want to know what your track record is. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you've done for me today. Mm-hmm. Um, what I bring to the table is someone that comes with that sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. I expect to be judged every single day that yeah. I'm on the Senate floor. The um, record. Show, it, yeah. You've got to look at the folks' past record and where they've stood. Right in order to, to really get a clear idea. Correct. Kind of like the old, you know, I was in the business world too. Don't sure. tell me what you've done. Tell me what you're going to do for me today. 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 That's right. There, there's, yeah. there's, I mean, yesterday doesn't It's funny matter. you should say that because all of a sudden you're bringing back nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> so healthcare. Yes, um, You know, again, um, we're, I'm seeing a lot of commercials, you know, uh, Kristen Cinema is all for healthcare. McSally is going to take away yeah. the pre, where, where are you? pre uh Pre-existing conditions. Pre-existing conditions, right. Where are you on healthcare, Dan? I mean, we have a real problem in this country right now. Um, it boils down to the fact that we've been presented with two options, and both of them are practically the same. Uh, the Republicans, year over year, have presented us with crony capitalism, mm-hmm. and I'm a capitalist, so that doesn't come out of my mouth lightly. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is that they have allowed for insurance companies, big pharma, hospitals, uh, large entities to control them and stop them from instituting competitive changes that need to be made in order to make the free enterprise system work for all of us. It would be a beautiful world if you turned on your TV or if you looked on your YouTube and all of a sudden you were being inundated with insurance companies competing for your business, mm-hmm. driving prices down. Yeah the way it's supposed to be. Uh, what we've allowed, frankly, uh, both parties to do is manipulate the system, and now we have true crony capitalism at the highest level. Um, I am one to tell you that the best way of handling this is to go back to what we know works. Uh, if we are to, uh, from a governmental standpoint, we need our government to uh, stop allowing and picking favorites in the industry and almost seemingly seemingly uh, be pushing all of us to a federally controlled health yeah. insurance. Yeah. 
I mean, let's face it, what Obama did was in essence create a system that makes a federally controlled health insurance or a federally controlled health care look attractive to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people and they say, well, hey, at least we could get... That's bad business, man. Yeah. Th that's how smart these it's, guys are. Well, you know? sure. You can sit yeah. there and dangle that carrot that's in front it. of yeah. somebody well, and you're like, hey, it's free. You it, know, which we all know, what's free? Nothing. nothing. Well, and, and let me tell you something else. For, for, for those of you out there that may be in that camp where you're thinking to yourself, well, may, maybe, a, maybe if we had a, a, a federal controlled healthcare, maybe that'd be an okay thing. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you how, um, how dangerous this is. If we allow the government to control our healthcare, you're allowing the government to know everything that you are supposed to be taking or what you're not supposed to be taking. You're giving the government control of every procedure that you have to take or you don't take, and they will know that you didn't take it. And imagine a world where if you decide not to take a prescription drug, that you are no longer entitled to your Second Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. Imagine a world where the doctors are told where they have to live because of doctor shortages and et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're talking about da very dangerous territory uh, that the left is advocating for. And there's only one solution to this problem, and, it, it, and it's going back to what we know works. Um, stop allowing companies to control the political world and stop allowing companies to control our politicians. Uh, we need competition across the states. Uh, we need to entice innovation in the healthcare industry. You shouldn't have to go to the doctors for a, 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 a broken, you know, a broken wrist, mm -hmm. and they have to—they're required to run tests on you right. because of the regulations that they're encountered with. Um, so you keep on hitting that word, and 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 I like it, control, yeah. because that's what it's all about, it really, is. Dan, isn't yeah. it? Controlling if you can control one's healthcare. That's right. I mean, what I mean—that's that's opening the door and. I, I believe healthcare is also one sixth of our economy. Yeah, one so, fifth. I mean, or one fifth of our economy. Yeah. So we're, I mean, this is a huge thing if the government and people who actually want to control you and our government yeah. can break into. Uh, I mean, that's a Solinsky dream, if, that's if, I, if I may say so. So, do you have like a plan, you know, once elected? Do you have other uh, senators that you can get together with? Or is there anything like you've got anything in? You just want to get elected at this point, or do you, do you have anything no. going forward? No, I want to hit the ground running. I mean, it's imperative to me that from a lot of people don't understand this. And it, it, for, for your listeners, I, I'm thankful for the opportunity to explain this. One federal senator can do something that not one president can do or, or not one House member can do um, or not one judge. One federal senator can stand on the Senate floor until their legs drop mm -hmm. or until they can't talk anymore. So you actually have, out of those 100 people, you have the ability to do a lot of things just with one of them. Okay. Um, with that being said, you have to have a coalition. In my estimation, it looks like the climate in DC, based on my observations and my experiences as I've decided to do this, there is no spine. Mm -hmm. There's no spine. Um, they're worried about polls. They're worried about what their consultants tell mm -hmm. them. Um, they frankly do not have the type of um, brashness that you need, I think, in today's climate to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. So when you hire me for this job, what you're hiring is someone that's going to go with bills in hand to tear down regulations. Um, I'm not going to hit the ground um, 
you know, uh, in a pause period. Right. You, you cut, when I'm sworn in in January, I come to the table with everything ready to go, and you will start to see who's real and who's fake. Mm-hmm. That's the other beautiful thing. Yeah. You look at Arizona, listen, you put me in this office, you're gonna see who's real and who's fake out there really quick, because yeah. uh, senators that do not co-sponsor or do not jump on uh, with what I bring to the table, you know, we'll You're start gonna to find out. Yeah, yeah. we're going to who's we're gonna find out who's on the record That's and who's right. not, right? That's Again, right. we're talking about the records, exactly. You kind of hit on How fun s- is that? Yeah, no kidding, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll have them on as well. That's right. So um, you kind of hit on the Second Amendment, which, you know, people who listen to me okay. know I'm a huge Second Amendment supporter. Yeah. Well, I'm a supporter of the Constitution, but yeah. the Second Amendment being one of the primary ones. Red flag laws, where, where are you? No. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's more than dangerous. Um, I fear, uh, I have a 15-year-old son. I use him as a reference with this because um, I remember in, as soon as I moved to Arizona, the very first thing I, I wanted to do was buy a handgun because in New York, yeah. you can't buy a pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're losing the culture of our state here. We have a Republican governor advocating for it based on polls. Yep. This is the scariest part about it. I don't care what the polls say. I don't care what anybody says. You're not infringing on our Second Amendment rights. And um, we need somebody. I'm, like I said, I'm flattered that it's me. I'm humbled. That's great. But I don't really care that it's me. We need someone that will not bend. We have 17 states right now in the United States that have red flag laws. So, you know, you have a federal government at any sign of the next tragedy is going to be passing law to underwrite and compensate states to pass red flag laws. Mm -hmm. So all of us, uh, in the next year or so, before I'm in that office, okay, before you put me there, hold these people accountable. Find out where they stand on red flag laws. Mm -hmm. Listen to this, this is a beautiful thing. A lot of people don't know this. 2.2 million people a year defend themselves with a firearm. Mm -hmm. 2.2 million people a year defend themselves with a firearm so well again you know you see a lot of these laws that come in they're feel-good laws right you know and like you hit you know um, you have a tragedy and right away they go well we can do this 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 which will do nothing to curb that or stop that and then when we have you know and that that's just regular legislation then when we have things like the red flag laws that are completely against our constitutional right, our constitutional due process. That's right. That's me calling up saying, hey, I think this Dan guy's crazy. Yeah. You know, and they'll come out and confiscate your firearms. That's right. That's, I mean. It's unacceptable. And, and it's the same thing like you were saying about Social Security when somebody who can't do their checkbook um, and you're going to say, okay, this person doesn't have the capacity to do their checkbook. They shouldn't own firearms. That was the Obama law. That's right. right? That's right. Isn't that right? So because you're prescribed a certain medication, you're no longer eligible for the Second Amendment. Because you need help doing your checkbook, suddenly you're not eligible to have a firearm in your house. I mean... you gotta you got to laugh about it. I mean, it, it's it, insane. If you don't smile about it, you, it's you, insane. you go... I've learned... i got to tell you, that's been the, mo- that's been the hardest part of this process for me is because I started off, frankly, a little bit angry. Yeah. You know, let yeah. I, I me mean, use, but I then- get a little angry too, you know? I, <laughs> I think we all do though, Dan. Well, I'm, I mean, tra- I'm, tra- like, I'm trying to- I know to, you're doing something about it, yeah. but I, I, I totally, I'm with yeah. you on that. Yeah. It's like, you know, um, we need people with uh, the guts to go down there yeah. and stand on the floor and say no. 
Well, you know? yeah, and I, there's no and there's no wavering. No is no. No. No, no, there's nothing to talk about here. Right. You need a steady hand. We need somebody with a steady hand. Don't play politics right. with, with, with our Constitution. Right. I don't want the job. Yeah. I, I, want, I want the job, don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But I don't care for the paycheck. Yeah. I don't yeah. want the pension. I got gotcha. you. I don't want any of that. Uh -huh. um, it makes me sick. I don't want the government money. Yeah. But why are our federal senators making that kind of money, by the way? Why do they have a pension? How many, how many of them go into office making, what, 174000 a year? Right. Next Walk thing. out about $12 million worth? Right. Well, what, what How that? did that happen? You know, I think I just saw one the other day where, where uh, uh, I think it was Elijah Cummings. Like, <laughs> we're 12 million. I mean, we're like, well, how'd you do that? Did who, what Ukrainian outfit did they work for? Right? Joe, Joe, yeah, Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Quick pro Joe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah, it's scary. Times. Yeah, it it really is. Um, well, you know what? Is there anything else that you would like to get out, Dan? Because I I've kind of hit. Pretty much all the stuff, but let's talk about taxation before we sign sure, off. Sure, sure. You know, uh, Trump came out with this tax plan, yeah, which um, put a lot of more money into the economy and into our pockets. A lot of people said, "Well, I didn't see my taxes come back." Well, it's because you didn't get taxed to begin with, right? But that was a temporary thing. We're, are you looking yeah. at supporting that tax cut for you know uh, middle Americans yeah. again uh, going forward in the next? Uh, Trump presidency because, look, I watched a little bit of the debates last night. Yeah, <laughs> they were the best commercial for Trump that I've seen yet. I agree. You know, when you get Beto up there saying we're going to come and knock your door down, I mean, this guy that that's scary. Yeah. I, I mean, anyway, I'll let you answer that. Question. Well, the, the, the tax. This is sensitive to me for the fact that we've allowed for a government agency in the IRS to not only ruin people. Weaponize them. Yeah. So we have a problem because, let's go back to the, uh, this is something I always find amazing. It's $400 billion a year to comply with our tax code. For all of you out there, small businesses, individuals, it requires all of us collectively to spend $400 billion a year just to submit our taxes to the government. That to me seems like a broken system. Yeah. So if I was looking at this and, and you know I had um, I had the ability just to say I think there's a need in this country for a smarter tax system. I think what we have is broken, and I think that's clear by the fact that our economy can be uh, dictated up and down based on one pen stroke. It's our money. And the more of that money you leave with us are the innovators, the, 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 um, the business owners, the, 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 you know, the ones out there that want to drive innovation. Uh, the beauty of our country is, is that you leave the money with them and you're going to see an unbelievable economy. It's simple. So I'm for any tax cut along the way. But I really would like to see, and this is something that I will propose based on every system that I've reviewed. You've got the flat tax system. You've got the um, smart tax system. There's all these tax systems out there. I think it's time that we innovate because we should not have uh, a, a central agency in this country that can ruin people. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's a shame what, we, what we've allowed to see happen. These are our neighbors. Mm -hmm. These are our friends. Um, so I, I'm concerned that we've weaponized agencies in our government. The IRS is a, a, a great example of that. And um, I think it's time that we innovate again as a country. I think it's time that we lead again, meaning that 
inside of our country, we've become so weak, haven't we? Where you know you hear of scarcity everywhere, mm -hmm. uh, like we're running out of water. The climate changes. Where the world's not coming to an end. We got plenty of water. Let's yeah. innovate. Let's yeah. let's inspire everyone to go out there and, and to drive again. Uh, so uh, I've watched this for too long. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, the opportunity to say these things to your audience is yeah. I'm very thankful for. What do you think about climate change? You brought it up. I think it's um, uh, well. This is the best way I can. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, I know I throw these no, curveballs no, no, like that, good. you know, when you say climate change. Yeah, that's another one I wanted to ask him. I forgot to write no, it down. No, no, that's okay. It's, I'm, I'm, this is a good one to talk about. So, you know, I grew up, um, I graduated, uh, well, let's see here. I grew up in New York State public education. Mm -hmm. Okay. They, they beat it in our heads global warming, global warming, global warming. I graduate high school. I start my life, uh -huh. and then all of a sudden, you know, they somehow got it to turn into climate change. Mm -hmm. And I and I remember thinking to myself, "Wait a second, how what did happened what, what, to global warming? What, global warming? <laughs> what happened?" It, um, there's a lot of pseudoscience yeah. involved. And listen, I am my business. One of my businesses has done more for the environment mm -hmm. than any. I'd I'd put my track record up against any Democrat that's out there in terms of what their businesses have done to help with the environment. Mm -hmm. You know, we have saved landfills billions of pounds. My, one of my companies has uh, in Makeup Eraser. Mm -hmm. But, so I'm sensitive to the environment. Everybody wants clean air. Everybody yeah. wants yeah. the best, you know. The challenge that I have is, is that when you have pseudoscience uh, dictating that uh, we have a a crisis. crisis. It's it's come on. I mean, I know. It, it, AOC uh, says she doesn't even want to start a family. They're all going to die, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Please, get, so, you know what? Go have kids. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy. All you conservatives yeah. listening, go have kids. Go have grandkids. Uh, have uh, it's let's let's uh, get back to you know. Well, I reality. think I think in all seriousness, we do have to be concerned about our environment. Of course, we of do. course, and you know, and take responsibility and pass a better world on to our children. Of course, as we go and. Um, you know, I always called it weather, you know, so much, you know, yeah. climate, you know I, I don't know so much about the climate I'm gonna change, use that. but, you know, I call it weather and um, it, it, it's always changing. Yeah. But, you know, Daniel, I, I, there's something I wasn't really going to go here, but I want to with you because I, I just feel that it's a good question. Where does faith stand with our U.S. senators? Yeah, uh, in every part of our world. Uh, we've we've removed God. We've removed. You say the name Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. and it scares people. And you know what? What we as a nation have forgotten is that it is Judeo-Christian values. Regardless of your faith personally, you can you can't deny the fact that contained in the words of Jesus Christ, you have a power of living free right. you you have the power of living in peace with one another mm -hmm. that's why we've been abundantly rewarded as a society people forget that god's in control of this country and my fear is is for my children specifically and for all of yours if we do not start teaching them this history because it is history regardless of like i said it i'm not i'm not a preacher i i don't care what your faith is i don't yeah. care what anybody's faith is uh, I'm just looking at it from the perspective of what is good for our society. 
And if you look through the teachings of Jesus Christ, what you're going to find is, is that you have remarkable good things to follow there. Mm -hmm. uh, so my faith is such that uh, I, I, it's, and that's the thing about this experience with uh, jumping into politics. You don't realize how, how uh, immoral and how evil some things are behind the scenes. Yeah. And um, so I plan on telling everybody, you know, I, I speak confidently in my mm -hmm. faith. Uh, obviously, it's important to me personally. But, I, you know, regardless, it's time now that we start allowing for Judeo-Christian values to seep back into our society. And I hope I can uh, be a good poster child for that. Great. Yeah. It, I, I, I think the removal of God has shown its ugly face in so yeah. many ways, and not only in our society, but as well as in our school systems yeah. and everything else. Oh, great. Dan, I don't have any more questions, believe so, it or not. And you thought you were going to talk me right oh into <laughs> Not so I, much, I, you, right? said, you said you had some hardballs for me. You're going to give me some time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's no hardballs, man. We just wanted, let, to, let, well, let, we wanted to get to know who you yeah. are, where you stood, and, and some of your thoughts and ideas. And can, um, can I speak to your audience? On absolutely. I want you to take the last few minutes of our cast uh, and uh, uh, talk about you and, and what, you're, what you want to do. Well... I come to you as a servant ready to serve. And what I mean by that is, is I'm not looking to do this for any other reason, but we have a situation in a crisis at the federal level of our country that I have never seen before, nor have you. And you can feel it in the pit of your gut. Something's telling us that something's wrong. In my estimation, that feeling that you have is uh, instinctive. It's called survival. And that's what my candidacy represents. We need someone now more than ever, and we need lots of someones now more than ever to stand up and tell the federal government that they can no longer micromanage us. We have to start going back to the secret sauce that has made our country so great. We have a constitution. That constitution is a beautiful given document. If you follow that constitution, we will be abundantly successful as a country. We have a unique challenge ahead of us because we are in a war and that war is much different than the war that we have fought in the past. And all of you know what I'm talking about. It's a multi-front war. We have an invasion at our southern border. We have a Marxist left of our country. We have an organized crime within our government. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Because as you also know, I haven't forgotten like most of you have it. In 2001, we faced casualties like we've never seen on our own homeland. Don't think that that's gone away. It's growing around the world. We have multi-front war that's taking place and not one shot has been fired. So, my candidacy is this. You have someone that comes into this position knowing what they need to know and willing to learn what they need to learn at all times. I will serve you like you've never been served before. I'm making sacrifices like you could never imagine to do this for you. I want to make sure that this country is preserved and wealthy, successful, and that your children and grandchildren get the country that we promised them. Uh, so I want your vote, but I don't just want your vote. I want you to be aware of what's happening 
the left of this country and the right of this country are going to work very hard to make sure I do not get elected. I mean very hard. Uh, there is already talks of individuals jumping into this race behind me to make sure they split up the conservative vote, the constitutionalist vote. Please ignore them. We've been duped before. We can't allow it this time because we're no longer a generation away from freedom or maybe an election cycle or two away from that freedom that we should have. So my plea to all of you is this. I need you to work harder than you've ever worked before on this candidacy. I need help like you've never seen because the war that I'm fighting is something you've never could imagine. I beg of all of you, please, uh, to support by going to my website, demanddaniel.com. Again, that's www.demanddaniel.com. Please go on, check out what I stand for, and don't be fooled by what the establishment does uh, to tear down my candidacy. You guys have been excellent, by the way. Thank you for having me very oh, much. Thank you for being here, yeah. and we'll make sure that your website is posted on this okay. so anybody can go. Do you have a Facebook site? We do, yeah. Uh, demand, and you're already done. Okay, they're right. way ahead of you, folks. <laughs> you got, this is great. Isn't that amazing? No, this is great. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Seriously, thank well, you. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Hopefully, we can get you back in. You know, uh, yeah, your next can. tour around Prescott. Yeah. You know, it won't be so smoky next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's so, going on? Yeah. Here? Well, you know, controlled burns. <laughs> we got to make sure we're not like California yeah. and burn down to the ground, right? <laughs> so here's the thing, folks. If you want to hear more about Dan. He is going to be on KYCA on the Chris Cucnio show at four o'clock today, Wednesday. So if you want to, and the, the, of course, Chris always loves to have call-ins on that. So yeah. you're going to get probably more questions. But again, you know, we want to say thank you so much, Dan, for no number one, stepping up and running no for what you stand for. Yes, sir. And we uh, appreciate you coming into our studio and hopefully we can see you again. Look forward to it. Thank Thanks, you, brother. Yep. Take thank care. You. Thank you, Prescott. We'll see you Friday.